Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And as you know, every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just glad that you've joined us. Yes, ma'am. Happy weekend. I'm very excited about today's show. I know you are. <laughs> because? <laughs> because this is a topic I've written on in my blog, True North Leadership. So let me ask you this question, Linda. When was the last time you were completely immersed in a particular activity? So much so that you lost track of time, you were fully concentrating, and you knew what to do next, and there were no distractions from your day. They completely disappeared. Wow. Um, it's been a while. I will say that. I think... Probably when I was writing my last book, Living Beyond Pain, hmm. there were there were times in writing that, Norm, and you know that I got up every morning at 5 a.m. Thankfully, you didn't wake me up. I, I know. That was the only time my, my co-author, who was a physician, and I could get this done before work. So we would meet every day from 5 to 8. But there were times that I did experience what you were describing, and that had to be jarred kind of back into the day when 8 o'clock came and we had to start our day. And I would look at what I wrote, and I was surprised at times how easily it would flow. Oh, good use of a word, because there's a name for this. It's a specific state you were in. It's called the flow. Oh, well, that sounds very descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) I did feel like I was flowing. I also kind of felt like in the zone. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's another word you'll probably tell us about. but So this helps me understand more what you mean by sort of that experience that you were describing. Flow is described, uh, defined as a mental state in which a person is performing an activity. They're fully immersed in a feeling of, listen, energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment. That's what happened to you when you were writing that book. But it can happen at other times in our lives. And later in the show, we'll talk also about spiritual flow. Oh, I'm excited to hear that because I think I've had moments of what might be spiritual flow. So as I understand it, flow involves a total absorption in the task at hand, right? Right. The task precedes anything else. So you're really just really focused on it. And when you actively work on that task, it sort of becomes its own reward. That's right. Okay. So a flow state is the complete and utter loss of the sense of time, maybe your physical needs, because you're not thinking about those. And the only important thing is really that task. Right. So the positive psychologist, Hungarian-American, Dr. Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. Ooh. Ooh. Good job. That, I look, if you looked at the spelling of that name, right. there's no way I could pronounce no, no, that. No, if we were to spell it for our <laughs> listeners, they'd go, what? Yeah, it's really hard to say. You did great with that. But he's the one who coined the term flow state. Here's how he described it. Flow is being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. The ego falls away. 
Time flies. Every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, kind of like playing jazz. It's all sequential. Your whole being is involved, and you're using your skills to the very utmost. Boy, I'm already starting to think of spiritual um, applications, applications for, for that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But I think this is similar to when athletes say they're in the zone. I'm right. going back you to the zone, the zone again. Word. There it is. Yeah. Right. Or when we talk about maybe peak performance, mm-hmm. is that kind of related to that too? It is. There are at least two zone types of experiences that are looked at. Clutch performances. You see that in football games sometimes where they, they make this huge interception and run it back for the winning touchdown. These occur in very certain specific situations usually under pressure when there's a very important outcome on the line, like winning a game. Like Serena. Like, Serena, when she was doing, when she was saving all those match points. Right. Or Michael Jordan. I, I, yeah. You remember because we lived in Chicago <laughs> in those days. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. played one of the games of his life in the playoffs, and he was sick as a dog with oh, the flu. Oh, with the flu. I right. do remember that, yeah. He was in the flow. The second type is uh, when situations, there's something new about them, something novel. You're exploring, you're experimenting. There's this, there's this. oh, what's about to happen? It's like golfer on a brand new course or a runner who's running in a new place, a new route, or sitting down with a blank page and brainstorm ideas for a book. There's no pressure. There's no expectation. You're free to explore. So you get into a flow, and that's how you begin to think differently. We need to create situations where we can do that, where we can explore, where we're free from expectations and pressures. Circumstances create something like this mind-altering exhilaration. Okay, so you're not saying that a flow state happens when we are relaxed then. Like we're watching TV, we're scrolling through social media, right? Right. That's not going to set us up for a flow experience? No. So only, well, I guess it only, does it occur when we are faced with a challenge and an engaging task that requires our real intensive focus? Mm -hmm. When you're getting into the flow, the goal must align with your skill sets. So you can't do something over which you have no mastery and be in the flow. That okay. just doesn't work. So I can't just suddenly be in the flow to be a, a gourmet chef. Right. Okay. And the goal can't be too easy so that you find it boring. So there, there's these circumstances okay. that align. Conversely, it shouldn't be so challenging that you can't possibly attain it. So what has to happen is the challenge must pique your interest enough so that you lose yourself or you become free in the process. If you don't enjoy doing it, that'll be clear to you, and flow won't happen. Well, that makes a lot of sense, because if there's no enjoyment with it, and you said it was, it's a reward on its own. Right, um, right. So it's that sweet spot that allows you to enter the flow state quickly? Yes, and in this state, action and awareness. This is interesting. Action and okay. awareness merge. So doing and thinking, right? Okay. You must be completely aware of what you're doing, but you're not doing it with so much effort. It's like running on autopilot. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're doing the task, but you don't have to exert too much thought or action into it. It's kind of similar to how athletes perform. And when someone asks, hey, how'd you do that? Well, they don't know because they've been practicing it for so long. They know how to do it. It's automatic for them. The flow state was the zone that they got into, which allowed them to play the game with such ease. So that's why you have to have some level of skill and mastery. 
yeah. involved with this. Right. So should your goals be really clear when you're trying to achieve this state of flow? Well, yes. A specific goal has to be stated. For example, when Argentine superstar Lionel Messi scored a goal in the World Cup soccer game, or like when you were finishing a chapter of your book, or what Michelangelo must have felt when he completed his greatest sculpture ever, La Pietà. You and I saw that in the Vatican, oh, St. Peter's Cathedral. Made me cry. It was so beautiful. There should only be one goal because multitasking makes it impossible to achieve flow. Well, I just like the fact that I was included in a list with Messi. Michelangelo and, <laughs> and Messi. Michelangelo, yes. But I get what you're saying. So there, you know, I know when you see you just all this hype about Messi and he's going to score and he's just going to be fabulous. His last World Cup, I think, or whatever yep. they were saying. Right. And you could just see it. You could just see when he was in that flow and he scored that goal. So, um, you know, and you can imagine painters and different people just getting into the flow mm-hmm. to create these beautiful with um, works of art, which we also probably would think there might be some inspiration of the Holy Spirit sure. in some of those too. So I would think that this requires a lot of a sense of control over the task at hand, knowing what you're doing, as we're saying, because you have to know what you're doing to get to that next step of sort of brilliance, like well, you're talking about. Exactly. You're right. It requires a sense of confidence. In the challenge. Okay. Those who are at a mastery level of their craft are probably more likely to experience a flow state. Their ability to control the result of their work helps them achieve a sense of control. So, for example, a director who has directed many movies is much more likely to get into a state of flow than someone who's never directed one or only one. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of Gladwell's book on the the expertise with the ten thousand ten thousand hours, yeah, or right. hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I so what I hear from all of this, it takes complete and utter focus and concentration on the task and nothing else. You just have to be focused, right? So you can't stop and check your email, can't stop <laughs> yeah. to cook dinner. Well, it's not going to happen much for me then. <laughs> you can't put it off the task for another time. It's complete focus, total immersion. And full engagement. Boy, I'm th- I really, I'm joking, but when do we have time like that? Well, I think I could be so much better on stuff if I had this kind of focus. And I mean, the loss of that sort of self-consciousness comes into play. You're not worrying. You're not thinking about your hunger. You're not thinking about all the distractions around you. It's probably pretty hard to get that Well, these you're days. exactly right because you've completely lost yourself yeah. in the effort, in the yeah. challenge, the task. And nothing distracts you because you're so deep into it. And in that process you lose a sense of time. It's as Mm. if time doesn't exist. Musicians who can work on their scores for days without sleeping, think of the story of Mozart. Mm. Uh, Writers can work on their novel all day long. Athletes train nonstop and don't realize they've been five hours straight in the gym. Since people are living in the moment, they overlook time. Their focus is on the task at hand, not the clock. Okay, so Norm, in the little bit of time we have before the break, just review the characteristics of a flow state. Okay, good. Timelessness, you don't sense time going by. Your ego is gone because you're totally absorbed in the task. You're strongly concentrated. Your focused attention is beyond anything you've experienced probably before. By the way, you're feeling totally at peace and serene. There's a loss of self-consciousness. You're getting immediate feedback from yourself about how well it's going. Your ability to achieve challenging goals is off the chart because you're completely focused. This is what's called peak performance. Okay, so one reason we're talking about this is because we often overlook the fact that we can be greatly fulfilled when we have difficulty and uh, there's uh, something that we have to, you know, challenge. We were challenged by something. We think we can't do it. But are there any risks 
before the break for flow states? Interestingly, a recent study showed that some individuals who are so deeply immersed in flow experiences have an impaired risk awareness, which in turn can lead them to riskier behavior. Okay, that makes sense. But I have to say that it doesn't seem like most jobs are set up to make flow even possible. Yeah, no. Most good leaders can make a difference, though, if they'll eliminate obstacles to flow at all levels of their team or their organization, their personnel, and they'll institute policies and practices that are designed to make work more enjoyable. People would be attracted to such an organization. I would be. I'd want to work there. It sounds really great, but I'm, I'm thinking about your Right. The way most jobs are set up, you don't have a lot of time to think and to focus and concentrate and be creative. No. I guess that's what some of these social media companies have tried to do in their, in their organizations. That's true. So while you're in a flow state, leaders can be more creative, as can the people who work for them. They're more likely to spot and take advantage of continuous improvement opportunities. And they can be more spontaneous and often breaking out of conventional status quo thinking, getting out of the box. Yeah. So I love what we're talking about. And I wish I have had moments of this. But I also, when we're, I'm listening to you, I hear a spiritual application to this when we are in the flow with the Holy Spirit in our lives. So Norm, talk to us about this After the break, flow in the spirit. Sounds really fascinating. More on the Dr. Linda Mental Show to come. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel, available on her website at drlindamintel.com and online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Just a reminder, you can always follow Dr. Linda on her social media, Twitter, and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mintel and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mintel, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast anytime you'd like, anywhere you are on myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mintel podcast or go to myfaithradio.com. So today we're just talking about something very unusual um, that we don't usually hear about in everyday conversations, I would say. No. It's fascinating. It's how to live in the flow and fortunately, I have an expert here uh, as a co-host who could talk about this. So, so far, Nora, we've begun to we've had a basic understanding, I think, of what flow is. It's an unusual state of mind and emotion in which time seems to stand still, and we are flowing in a a work or a sports utopia where everything is invigorating and energizing. Is that about right? Wow, you get an A. Perfectly summarized. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> but before the break, you ask about a spiritual flow. What might that look like? I love that. So let's say it this way. If flow is the perfect state of concentration without struggle, when one is working on something with such absorption that a sense of time disappears with an almost magical kind of hyper-focus in which you become immersed in the task at hand, could that be a spiritual experience? This psychological theory of flow reminds me of another kind of flow that Jesus spoke about 2,000 years ago. He said that those who believe in him would have rivers of living water that would flow 
out from within them to others. Well, that's good. I truly believe we can flow in our spiritual life as well as in our professional or personal lives. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine being so focused on God that the distractions of the world fade away? You'd be so familiar with Jesus, the source of our spiritual flow, that you'd hardly need to think about living out the fruit of the Spirit. You'd just be doing it because those fruit would simply be the results of what you do because of who you are and because of who he is living in you. There would be no need for huge striving and pain, no rules, no expectations. You'd simply let his spirit live through you. And I know you were a worship leader of one of our church back in Virginia Beach for a, a number of years. And I know we had services where we felt like this was really happening and moments of being in that flow. Is it because we were so focused on the task of worshiping the Lord in terms of who he is? Right. I think what I described is not humanly possible by humans alone. Yeah. So what yeah. you're saying is exactly right. When Dr. Csikszentmihalyi, who was known as the father of positive psychology, described flow as an optimal experience wherein one skill level at a task and the challenges are at their peak alignment, I doubt he was thinking of flow in any other terms but a human experience. And while I think his observations were brilliant, they didn't come close to describing the joyous ecstasy of freely receiving and freely giving, like Jesus said. Yeah, and enjoyment, because enjoyment is such a central experience of what you're talking about with flow, and it's different from just mere pleasure. Like when we talk about the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? and that we can have joy in the middle of the most dire circumstances— you know, when, when, when Paul tells us to rejoice in the Lord always, that is a Holy Spirit mm -hmm. thing. It is not something that you humanly conjure up. You can't. So, you're, you're right. Well, we can talk about this in terms of describing what happens in work settings and maybe in athletics and maybe, you know, when we're trying to accomplish a goal. There's nothing like this than when you're flowing in the Holy Spirit. Right. And you know what? I, here's a mixture of the two. I think Olympic runner Eric Liddell, remember the British guy who uh, who was in the movie about running da, he, da, he, da, chariots da, of da. fire? <laughs> I remember right. the song. And him running on a beach or something. That's I right. A long time ago. I think he combined the two because one of the lines I remember he said in the movie was, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. In real life, he understood that for him, long-distance running gave him a feeling of transcendence. It was worship to him. Mm -hmm. He connected doing what he loved with what he believed God created him to do. Those two became one. Yeah, and, and we are, you know, we are created. God knows our desires and our pleasures and what where we could really use those if we get rid of the obstacles. Right. Right? right. So, we don't always get rid of the obstacles. The 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 task though that he's describing as a form of worship is really interesting for him running sounds like it was better than sleep or food or play so you know here's a thought and a question if running was worship for eric liddell when we're deeply engaged in worship is that a form of spiritual flow are we saying that I think it is. And you were talking about those distractions. The Bible says laying aside those things that so easily distract yeah. us. I think that's a big part of us being able to be free to be in the flow. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had an experience in church where you're just checking out during the service and having your Christian muscle memory take over? 
You know, I think that happens to all of us at one time or another. There have been times when I was in the pulpit leading worship, and I had to work very hard just to stay focused on worshiping God. That sounds sacrilegious, but I doubt I'm alone. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, sadly, I imagine that this has been the experience of many of us, especially if we've been going to church our entire life. But then I also remember times when the very opposite happened, mm-hmm. when we were so deeply engaged in worship, it felt like heaven came down and we were blanketed in God's presence in such an unusual and a holy way. I remember those times too. And while they weren't the normal experience every Sunday, I always wished they were. I know, especially <laughs> as the worship leader. I think you just wanted us to worship through the whole service. I would have been happy, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think the difference is that we were immersed in full active and conscious participation in the worship. And because our focus was so fully on God, then like the the whole flow concept says, we lost a sense of time, a sense of place. It's as though we were experiencing the very atmosphere of heaven. So I, I think just to, to kind of talk, you know, maybe summarize this a little bit, we, we're not saying that when you're worshiping and you're not having this experience, you're not worshiping the Lord. Correct. We're just saying that there are those times, and I'm sure many of you who are listening have been in services where you just felt like heaven came down and you were lost in that experience. And those are precious moments to me. There, there are moments, times when people get healed mm-hmm. and things happen to people in a very significant way. So all of worship is wonderful to God, but there are those times when we get into this spiritual flow. Well, As we don't live in flow all the time in our normal life or our business life or our athletic life, we don't live in the flow all the time in our spiritual life. But you're right. Those are such precious times that we need to absorb them and and recognize the power of the presence of God. So as much as the things of the world can provide us with happiness, there's an even greater experience of flow and fulfillment that takes place when we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And just as we mentioned a moment ago— Maybe now we can read between the lines and understand what Jesus said when he made us this offer. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This kind of gives a whole new perspective on the ifs that Jesus says. If you thirst, if you Mm. believe, if you will let your heart be attuned with me, these things happen. It's kind of like the spiritual prerequisites are always in place and the experience is always available. We somehow put barriers or don't don't move into the flowing river the way we could. Yeah, and it's an interesting that I've just never looked at that scripture you know, and, and looked at the word flow, even in that scripture, that rivers of living water will flow out of that experience. So it's just so interesting that this word from positive psychology that is flow mm-hmm. is actually spiritually right there in the Bible talking about how we can get in the spiritual flow of our life in Christ through the Holy Spirit working in us. Mm-hmm. So the flow Jesus was talking about was obviously from a river, and we know rivers are not lakes, they're not stagnant. They're constantly moving. Well, you're bringing up a very, very important point here. I think that spiritual flow involves us walking in the presence of the Lord and learning to recognize and orient our life toward His love and shedding layers of self-consciousness and egocentricity and opening our hearts to the energizing motions of the Spirit. We have something to do with this, and it's a process, which is why we're learning and growing and building and doing. 
and moving in Christ. There's almost like that that scripture. Oh, I like I like this. The discovery of Christ's love operating in the depths of our heart is it's really not related to positive no. thinking no. or some type of sentimentality, but it's really a profound gift of God's grace. Our intentional effort involves us ridding ourselves of all attachments that hinder us in allowing the important work of the Holy Spirit to work through us. And here's an important truth about this. Jesus didn't just live in a constant state of flow. He brought the flow. He was the source of the flow. Yeah. Over the years, I've come to understand that true spiritual flow happens when we let it, as long as we don't dam it up. And we have this horrible human proclivity to build dams in our life, especially in at least two places that prevent flow. The first is between us and God. If we're not open to Him, His life can't flow too, much less through us. And the second one is we can stop it when we don't share our lives with other people. We become like the famous Dead Sea in Israel. All inlets, no outlets picture in my mind is we have one hand open to God and the other hand open to others. And when I keep them both open, I can experience a state of spiritual flow. Well, this has been very enlightening, and I encourage you to cultivate spiritual flow by inviting Jesus into every aspect of your life. The more we allow Christ to guide us and direct our interior life, the more we'll learn to allow ourselves to be drawn up into the mystery of His divine love. I believe we can all feel God's pleasure when we allow Christ's life to flow in us. Well, thanks, Norm, for sharing your work in this important area and encouraging us all to get in the flow of the Spirit of God. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.